welcome to the Inspired Women Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Hall. And on this podcast, I'm going to connect you with inspirational women who will share their real stories. And we're going to chat about topics that are relevant to women today. We'd love to continue the conversation with you and support you on your life's journey. Just join us in our community. Search Facebook for The Inspired Women Community and request to join. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's podcast. Hey everybody, today I'm here with Reese. So how I know Reese is Reese and I are co-authors of a book together, which will actually launching this month when you guys hear this. Um, it is A Woman's Worth, The Struggles and Triumphs of a Successful Mompreneur. So yes, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. And I, I got to meet Reese and she's so amazing. And um, so Reese is a professional digital marketer, businesswoman, author, founder of Create Good Marketing, founder of Prisoner's Wives, Girlfriends and Partners. Oh, I need to know more about that too. And creator of Reese's Pieces. <laughs> I love that. That's so cute. So Reese, aka Digital Wonder Woman, and she loves Wonder Woman, by the way. Yes. Totally does. Um, is on a mission to teach non-marketers and do-gooders how to use digital marketing to create good in their lives and businesses. She specializes in the I don't know jack about marketing entrepreneur. <laughs> oh my God, that's cracking me up. <laughs> um, her work has been featured on several local and national publications, and she was just recently named Best Outstanding Emerging, Emerging Professional and Best Social Media Personality by Cova Biz Magazine. Woo-woo, go Reese. <laughs> Find her daily on Facebook, creating good and sharing her best tips on digital marketing or best tips, digital marketing tips with eager business owners, wife, mother, idealist, addicted to thrifting and Netflix. Super <laughs> cool chick. She is a super cool chick. Um, join the community learning a, about how to use digital marketing. It's digital marketing for non-marketing and do-gooders. And I'll make sure to link that up in the show notes. So Reese, thank you for coming on the podcast Yay! today. Thank you for having me. <laughs> so Reese is part of the Inspired Women community. And I posted in there after everything happened with Charlottesville. And I said, does anybody want to come on the podcast and talk about racism with me? Because it's a really heavy topic and I feel like it's not talked about enough. And I read, actually, I was telling her, I read this article where somebody said, listen, you white women with platforms and influencers, you need to be start talking about this stuff or you're part of the problem. I'm like, okay, I'm going to listen and I'm going to talk about it. And it's true because I saw a lot of comments and posts on social media from people that I am, you know, I follow or I'm friends with on social media that kind of horrified me. And it's big things like that, that make you realize, whoa, there are people that I am um, associated with that maybe I shouldn't be at this point in time. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that's totally how I, I felt. And Reese and also uh, woman Sybil, who her episode will be airing later this year, uh, both came forward and said, I'd love to come on and talk. And so I'm just so thankful that you guys came forward and want to have this conversation with me. Um, so Reese, if you could start us off with what has been your personal experience with racism? Well, wow, that is such a loaded question. Okay, <laughs> so <laughs> I am a 45-year-old um, Black woman, and I've been a Black woman all my life. And um, it's interesting because racism is one of those things where it can be really subtle or it can be very um, overt. Mm -hmm. um, one incident in particular that sticks out to me was um, as a teenage woman, 
I went to a restaurant in this swanky area of town. This job had flew me out for a training. Um, and um, I was like the only colored face in the restaurant. And I don't tend to live my life through the lens of color. I just, I'm a person, mm -hmm. you're a person. I just go about my day, you go about your day. I sat in that restaurant for over an hour and no one even acknowledged that I was there. Now, I was giving the people the benefit of the doubt because I just couldn't believe that no one had approached me. So I'm just going to sit there and be like, okay, cool. But when I started to see other people being served and other people, um, you know, getting their food that came in after me, it, it was a problem. And so I addressed the manager about it and he was like, well, the place is really busy and that's what's happening and, you know, yada, yada, yada. And I left the restaurant. I never got served. And it, no one ever said that I wasn't being served because I was Black. But that is how it felt to me. And I had another <laughs> incident, again, as a teenage woman, where I worked in a restaurant. And me and um, one of the gentlemen there got into an argument where he actually called me the N-word. Oh, no. I hate that yeah. word, man. Yes. And I had never been called that before. And it really just kind of knocked me on my butt. Like, oh, my God, I can't believe that. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, and so there's been, you know, different times in my life where I felt like um, I was being shunned for different reasons. But when it is, is, is passive, it's kind of that thing where you don't really know if that's the reason. Mm -hmm. um, but it's always, it's always there. Um, and again, I don't live my life through that lens, but sometimes I do take a step back and say, you know what, I'm not quite sure if this is the reason why this is happening. And it's really, it's sad because... Yeah, we should just be, we should all just get along. <laughs> I agree. But I grew up, so a little background about me that you might now not know and, and my listeners might not know is I grew up in a very white area of the country, if we want to put it that way, um, mm -hmm. in upstate New York. Literally, we only had one person of color in our entire high school. Mm -hmm. And people didn't treat him very well. Mm -hmm. because even though people when I was growing up would say, oh, we're not racist, oh, we're not racist, the jokes that they would tell, the things that they would say, the things that growing up I didn't realize were bad or not appropriate because that's how I grew up and that's how I was mm -hmm. raised, I didn't realize that until I moved down here in Virginia with my husband. And there, I would say stuff and my husband would be like, that's not appropriate. Why are you saying that? I'm like, it's a joke. And he's like, that's not funny. Like, you don't mm -hmm. say that. Right. And I was like, shocked because I'm like, but growing up, everybody always said they weren't racist. And then I realized they were like, they were like closet racist. Like they didn't come out and like specifically bash people of color, but they would say things that were not appropriate. And I was brought up in that mentality. Even growing up, I remember, you know, my, my dad would say, you make comments about interracial marriage and stuff like that. And mm -hmm. he would always say he's not racist, but I'm like, if you're making comments about this, then what does that make you like now that I'm older? And so that's one of the reasons I want to have this conversation because maybe there's people listening to the podcast and that's how they are brought up and they mm -hmm. don't even realize their mindset is not okay. It, I mean, it's, it is being racist when you say stuff like that or the, the comments like I'm not racist, but mm -hmm. if you have to say that, 
there's a problem. There's, there's right. a reason behind it. Um, right. So one of the things that came up recently, um, actually in the community is the term white privilege. And somebody mm-hmm. had a misunderstanding about what pr- white privilege meant. They thought mm-hmm. that meant that white, white people had everything and that they are, they are, uh, they're rich and they have money. And the, the woman had stated, well, I grew up in poverty. That's not white privilege. And I'm like, that's not what that means. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would love for you to share with us what white privilege means to you. You know, I'm glad that you brought this up because I, I will share based on what you're asking me, but then I will also, you know, give my thought on it in a different, oh, absolutely. In a different context. Um, white privilege means to me just simply never having to think about color. Um, it's not something that you wake up with. Um, and even what I just talked about, knowing that if people are treating you differently, you, you don't think about it. They're treating you differently because of color. Um, so that's essentially what white privilege is. Now, ultimately, white men have the most privilege than <laughs> in, in, in any, in any of us. Um, but it, that's essentially, you just don't have to think about color. Now, in context for me, because um, privilege has become this really bad thing because we use it in the context of racism. But every one of us has some sort of privilege. Um, I have privilege because I am a tall woman and I am, you know, unusually tall for my height. I mean, for it to be a woman. And I don't have to think about things that short people have to think about. Every one of us have, have privilege, and I'm not trying to trivialize it to say my tallness is, is the same as racism, but just in the context that we all have some sort of privilege, we all have something that is not a huge thing in our lives because we are the way that we are. That's all it means. Yes, I love how you explain that. So in the recent election, and we're not going to go into that, but in the recent election, (laughs) yes, please don't. Um, In the recent election, I sat there when there was a lot of controversy over our now president. um, And I said to my husband, the reason that we aren't feeling the anger and the feelings that other people aren't feeling is because we are white, middle-class, straight people. Like there is like, no, we don't hit any of the wickets of, you know, where people might discriminate upon us. Mm-hmm. Where the people that were getting very upset did have reasons. And he did, our president did say things. It's out there. It's a real thing. You can hear it. Um, mm-hmm. That were offensive to certain types of people. And mm-hmm. so I said to him that very much, that is an example of white privilege. The fact that we could sit back and be like, oh, it's just two people running for president. Let's pick whoever we like versus right. actually being triggered by the words that he was saying. Mm-hmm. We, we didn't, we didn't meet any of the wickets that, you know, that he was talking about. Like right. as he serves in the military, the Republicans are known to be very pro-military. Like all of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one of the things is that's when I think of white privilege, I think of my children won't have to go to school and I will have to worry about them being picked on because of their color. I might have mm-hmm. to be picked, worried about they might get picked on because they're wearing glasses or that my, my son's super hyper, but never because of their color. Mm-hmm. And I will never have to worry about them going someplace and, and being harmed or called a name because of their color. 
-hmm. Like that's not going to happen to them. I mean, probably not is a very small chance that it'll ever happen to them. Uh, that's not something that's a worry in my mind. However, that might be a worry that's in your mind because you have mm -hmm. children as well. Mm -hmm. Is that something that you get concerned about sending your children to school? Well, my kids are um, 25 and just turned 29, um, actually last weekend, <laughs> this past weekend. Um, but, you know, my 29-year-old son um, is in, he lives in Philadelphia. I mean, he could live anywhere, but Philadelphia is, you know, known for it, its violence, unfortunately. Um, I worry about him because he's very pro-black. I mean, he tells you how he feels. He doesn't, um, you know, hold punches. He's, he's at the protests. He goes to the rallies. He does, you know, the things that make me fearful for him because he is a young black man who stands up for himself. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, of all of the, you know, there's so many things that are going on in our world. And one of them is that young black men are being killed. Um, and it's very, it's very scary, you know, and I've had to tell him to shut your mouth. You don't know when to shut your mouth, <laughs> 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 which is, you know, you know, kind of a bad thing because he should be able to um, speak his mind and he should be able to, you know, have that freedom of speech. But when we're living in a society where someone can hold power over you and can take your life quickly if you you know in an instant for whatever reason it's like I'd rather you shut your mouth <laughs> than yeah. to have to um to have to you know carry you so I, I absolutely worry about him more so than I worry about my daughter yeah and I I I agree because my son could be protesting anything and he'd probably be pretty safe unless of course he decides to like go the very far end of the spectrum and then mm -hmm we might have to disown him, but <laughs> other than that, mm -hmm. like, you know, he's not going to have to worry about that generally to be attacked because of his color. Mm -hmm. Like, and that is not a worry that I can't even fathom feeling. And that's why I wanted to have this conversation because I can't understand because I haven't been there. Mm -hmm. Like, and it's, it's not even a, a fact that I'm close-minded or I'm small-minded. And, and I've definitely been called that before. And I've, I'm like, I just want to understand because mm -hmm. I don't, because I don't understand. Like I never grew up in an area that that was an issue. Um, you know, I never had to worry about any of that. Mm -hmm. I was, a, I was a teenager before I was actually the minority in any place. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. And, and for the first time ever, actually, we're writing a book together. I mentioned in the very beginning, it's the first like gathering that mm -hmm. I have been the minority mm -hmm. in, in my entire <laughs> life. And, and the thing is, is I've seen how people of my race have treated minorities. I've mm -hmm. seen it with my own eyes. I won't even pretend that it's not an issue because I've seen it. Um, but I didn't get that. Like, I didn't get that. Like, you know what I mean? It doesn't, it doesn't always go both ways. You know, some people right. are trying to say like, oh, racism goes both ways. And I'm sure it does, but not in mm -hmm. the, the extent that mm -hmm. it goes one way. Mm -hmm. Um, oh, go ahead. Oh, it's, you know, we, we are a country that's built on, um, 
we're built on pain. I mean, from even the, you know, the Native Americans to um, you know, African Americans being held as slaves, we are not that far away from that. Mm-hmm. There is still a lot of pain. I buried um, my grandfather two years ago at 87. There are still a lot of grandparents around from that era who can tell you those stories. My grandfather could tell me stories of, you know, living through that, living through the, the colored signs and the white signs. That's, that's stuff that I see on TV. Mm-hmm. So that history is still very much in our world right now. That generation is still with us. A lot of them are, are still with us. So we're not that far away from that past. And it hurts, you know, it's, it's kind of something that, um, unless, I mean, you, you really can't, and I, I'm not being, I don't want to be disrespectful because no, I, appreciate, I appreciate you having the conversation. And even though, you know, I said to you that I don't live my life through this lens every day, having this conversation with you, I'm getting really emotional because of course it, it's, 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 oh my gosh, it's something just as simple as the way that I look. Mm-hmm. And that is really so fucking superficial. I'm sorry. I probably should have cursed. Oh, you're good. You're good. <laughs> <laughs> Just the way, you know, that a person looks, that our skin tone is different. And, um, you know, I don't want to get on militant and start quoting, <laughs> you know, Dr. King. But, you know, that part of his, his speech that talks about content of character that is really how I try to live my life. And just, can we get to know each other? We don't have to like each other, but can we respect each other? And it's, it's really hard to live in, in a world where we do have this kind of history and people tell us to get over it. And it's one of the worst things when people tell us to get over it to get past it because it's still something that really, really hurts. And I'm going to be quiet before I cry. <laughs> no, you're good. See, my podcast is all about no sugar coating, like being real. And this is a real conversation. And this yeah. is what I, this is what I wanted to get out of it. And I, hate it and see when I grew up I grew up in a household where I was like they should just get over it that happened years ago well no it really happened like two generations ago yes like these (laughs) these people are still alive and have still like experienced it and there's still pain and you're still experiencing it because that restaurant couldn't come out and tell you they weren't serving you because of your color because it's illegal yeah but they could just (laughs) pretend like they're too busy for you like it's still happening it's still happening in the United States mm-hmm. and it is pain. And even if you haven't gone through it yourself, that's generations of pain, you mm-hmm. know, like specifically the signs and, you know, not being able to being banned from sitting certain places and stuff, mm-hmm. you're still experiencing it in some way. You still feel that pain. Like this pain isn't imaginary and people try to pretend like, Oh, it's, it's not a real thing. I legit had somebody post on Facebook that I I am friends with on Facebook. Racism doesn't exist anymore. And I'm like, what freaking world are you living in? Because (laughs) it all does. I have been out in public with my friends who are different colors and 
have seen how people have treated them differently than me. Mm-hmm. I've seen yeah. it with my own eyes. It actually does happen. Like right in front of me where I'm like, um, did you forget her drink too? Like mm-hmm. you got mine sure quick. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> and everybody else is around, but did you forget that there's another person here? Oh, I'm sorry. We must be backed up. Like, no, you legit did that on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know it. And you know, because it makes no sense like that. Right. you specifically do that, but you're just being spiteful right now. Mm-hmm. Oh, I forgot to put in that drink. Oh, sure. You forgot to put in that one drink. Out right. of so it really does happen. And don't apologize for crying or feeling what you feel because it is generations of pain. And you have heard it from the mouth of your own grandfather who mm-hmm. experienced this pain on a really real level. And mm-hmm. I can't even imagine what that feels like to have gone through that. Like, to know, and I'm sure he spoke to people of prior generations who experienced real problems with slavery. Like, mm-hmm. you know, he was alive to hear those stories. Mm-hmm. So this is not far removed. This is not like, oh, this is hundreds of years ago that we were dealing with this. It wasn't that long ago. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's still going on today. Just, it's not legal to do a lot of those things. So people do it in a kind of, offhanded, non-direct way. Right. So one thing I know this gets people all riled up is the (laughs) term Black Lives Matter. So what does that mean to you? Please tell me because I... It drives me nuts that people keep having to fit over this 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 term. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, Black Lives Matter means to me um, it was a movement that was put together um, as an answer to um, young black men who were being killed at the hands of police, many of them unarmed. Um, unfortunately. <sighs> I think personally that movement could have probably saved themselves a lot of grief by saying black lives matter too. Yes. Because, (laughs) or also, or something else because people, you know, sometimes when people act as if they're really narrow minded, I think they purposely try to not get it. Yeah. Um, Because, you know, this whole, it was never about only Black Lives Matter. It was never about Black Lives Mattering, you know, more than anything else. It was saying, this is happening in our community. Please see us because our lives matter too. That people were being killed and there was no justice. And people like to equate the... um the fact that the community gets upset about young black men being killed by a lot of times white police to the fact that black men are being killed every day by their own black men, you know, the black on black. The difference is that black on black, while it's horrific, is just as horrific. But when Pookie kills Ray Ray in the, in the hood, <laughs> Pookie goes to jail. You know what I'm saying? Yes. So it's, it's kind of like this thing where you know that someone's going to pay for that more likely than not. But when it's killed by, you know, an officer, we see that trend where people are not being held accountable. So that's all it was supposed to mean, that we matter also. And it has turned into this, this really 
oh my God, people treat it like it's a militant group. And, I, and I'm sad to say that it has seemed that there's part of the movement that has got, away, got off track from what it was intended to be. Um, because, you know, they, they, some people of the movement put themselves, like I remember when um, the Charlottesville, I saw some pictures of um, the white nationalists on one side and the Black Lives Matter, someone with the Black Lives Matter sign on the other side. And I remember looking at that and thinking, that is probably a little different from what <laughs> the movement was supposed to be. I mean, and I could be ignorant, but when I think of Black Lives Matter, I'm thinking of the, the black men that have been killed at the hands of police and just saying that our lives matter too. And that's how I take it. And that's how I've always taken it. And it pisses me off to no end when people are like, but white, white lives matter too. All lives matter. I'm like, nobody's saying that mm-hmm. the rest of us don't matter. Like mm-hmm. nobody's saying that what people are saying is please see us we are part of this equation too and mm-hmm. i agree uh, the problem is is there are some racist white folks that are <laughs> force that are taking that that position a very sacred position because you're supposed to be protecting us and using it to do bad with it mm-hmm. That happens with all, like all groups that there's those bad eggs, but it gets because the bad eggs are concentrated. I mean, think you have police forces in every city and every state and every county in the United States. So there's going to be quite a few of the racist folks that are part of these police forces, which is very unfortunate because nobody should use that position of power um, mm-hmm. for evil. Like, there's actual Marvel movies and DC comics and movies about this. <laughs> yes. And yes. It's, it's a problem. And, and the problem is, is now they've given a bad rap to all police officers, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. And I know Absolutely. lots of really amazing um, police officers who, you know, are, do their job, they do it right, but now they've given this bad rap because of it. But mm-hmm. I agree with, when I hear Black Lives Matter, I don't hear Black Lives Matter more than white lives. I don't hear mm-hmm. Black Lives are the only lives that matter. I mm-hmm. hear Black Lives Matter too. We mm-hmm. want to be heard. We want to be seen. We want people to know that we're here and we're suffering. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So it would be, and, and you know what? If the opposite was happening, if there was an overabundance of Black police officers killing white unarmed Men, guess what? Mm-hmm. It would be mm-hmm. an uproar. People would be mm-hmm. losing their crap, like all mm-hmm. over social media. But they don't seem to do it to the extent when there is a colored life that is part of that. Yes, and that's kind of you know part of that. Going back to that privilege is very insulting when people say all lives matter. We know everyone's life matter. It really, we know that. It doesn't Um, need to be said. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's like, you know, your house is on fire and we're not going to worry about this fire because this fire over here matters too. And you're like, oh my gosh, I, 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 oh my gosh. (laughs) Like your house isn't burning down right now. The Black Lives Matter house is burning down right now. You're where, you know, it's kind of, 
I don't know. I, I, it's really, really frustrating because like I said, I think people who come off as narrow-minded um, don't want to get it. Some people don't want to get it for the sake of not getting it yeah. and to be um, argumentative because I, you know, to me, it's, it's very, very simple. And I wanted to comment on something that you said earlier about um, someone saying that um, racism doesn't exist. That kind of, you know, feeds into that whole thinking. And, you know, you know, politics aside, however anyone feels about Obama, we had moved into a post-racial world after, you know, Obama was elected. And those of us, you know, on this side are like, what the heck does that even mean? <laughs> you know, and I guess, you know, it was a feel-good moment, quite honestly. Obama could not have been elected without white people. He couldn't have been um, because the black, black people don't make up as huge of the electorate. But it didn't mean that it was a post-racial world. And just taking the last eight years, again, politics aside, our new president was born out of what happened the last eight years. Every president is treated bad. Everyone is. Um, but there are some things about the way that Obama was treated that you could definitely tell that it was that it was a racial element to it. Mm -hmm. And there were things that were said, you know, and people are not silly. There's, you know, the stereotypes about monkeys. And, you know, if you see a noose, that doesn't have really anything to do with white people. If there's a noose around, that's a, that's a black thing. Yes. You know? So it's like, people play stupid and act like they didn't know that this was happening or when they see something like that, oh, it's not that bad or, or you're being too sensitive. And it's just, um, just discounting that we have this, this history and it matters to us. And that's, that's kind of, as I said, the worst thing when people say, you know, get over it or they try not to understand. How can you be too sensitive when you're being called names Again, I hate the N-word. Like, it is, I don't like hearing it in music. I don't care who says it. I don't care if it's Black people saying to Black people. I don't like that word. Like, it is just, it is just a derogatory term. It, I mean, maybe that's not where it started out, but I have a feeling it did. Um, <laughs> and people are just trying not to make it derogatory. Um, but when you're being called names specifically, Mm -hmm. because of the color of your skin mm -hmm. when you are being treated differently specifically because of the color of your skin um and you have worries that other people don't have specifically because of the color of your skin that doesn't make you sensitive that makes you smart like mm -hmm. <laughs> like this is a reality check here i mean what if you went through life and you were like doo, 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 doo. nothing ever happens racism doesn't exist and then mm -hmm. you come across somebody who legit calls you the n-word or um discriminates against you because your color that would shock the shit right out of you mm-hmm but if you're prepared for that and you know that is a possibility because that's what happens, I mean, mm -hmm. think about it. Right now where we live, um, it's a very diverse area. Mm -hmm. Lots of different people. It's a melting pot. It's amazing. I love meeting all the different kind of people that come here. But not every part of the country is like that. Like mm -hmm. where, I, uh, where I'm from is becoming that way where it's a melting pot. But it wasn't always like that. 
You know, growing up, if I saw somebody of color in the store, it was like seeing an alien. Like, Mm -hmm. you you know, that didn't exist in my world. And there's Mm -hmm. still areas of the country that are like that. And Mm -hmm. if you go there, you're going to experience some of that stuff. Right. Right. Preparing yourself and your children, that's not being sensitive. That's being realistic. And like you said, people likening Obama to monkeys and, Mm -hmm. you know, posting all this ridiculous stuff about the color of his skin and stuff. Are they doing that because of Trump? No, I mean, besides (laughs) the fact that he looks like a Cheeto, but that's just because he stands a lot. That's a whole different story. Um, Yeah. No, it's not specifically attacking him because of his color. You uh-huh. won't see that. I mean, you might, uh, they might attack him for all sorts of other things, but it's never because of his color. Uh-huh. So that's, that is a, that is a problem. And I want people to be cognizant of the fact. And I think a lot of times how you said there are people that are ignorant on purpose. Uh-huh. I think they just, a lot of them can't handle the fact that what their beliefs and their opinions throughout their lifetime might be wrong. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> might be wrong <laughs> and I you know and that's it's an interesting position because I definitely try to live my I always am looking to evolve I'm always looking to um to be challenged on what I think and and, and what I feel and you know some of us, you know, there, there are many, there are many people who do have biases. Mm -hmm. Um, there are, you know, stereotypes that we, we hear and we learn and, you know, we have, you know, these biases and I'm always looking to, to grow and expand past anything that I think and feel. So I really don't understand people who are kind of set in their way because I'm like, don't you kind of want to do something different with yourself? <laughs> Isn't this how, how we, you know, how we grow? And um, I don't know. It's just, I just, I don't understand that position at all. I just, yeah. I'm in the same way. I love <laughs> learning and growing. I've had people on the podcast that have said things that I would just like, Um, I don't know about that, but I didn't say that because it wasn't my place to say that because none of it was like offensive. Some of it was just like, um, I don't know if I agree with that, but it definitely made me think differently. It opened Mm -hmm. my mind a little bit and I love surrounding myself with diverse people, diverse Mm -hmm. beliefs, um, diverse backgrounds, diverse lifestyles, because I learned something new all the time. Like, Mm -hmm. That's why I actually, I, I love that aspect of being a military spouse because the military community is so diverse mm-hmm. <laughs> that I get to meet all these different people with different backgrounds and different beliefs and different opinions. And sometimes they may not be the opinions that I, I think are okay to have, but mm-hmm. that's not for me to, to make that decision. And mm-hmm. I like hearing it because some of it makes me go, hmm, maybe I was thinking about this a little bit wrong. Mm-hmm. Maybe I got this wrong. And mind you, Reese is one of the most beautiful black women I've ever seen in my life. Aww. I got to put that out there. You are. I love your hair. Oh, <laughs> See, thank my, you. my youngest daughter and I have like an obsession because we wish our <laughs> hair could look like that. Oh my gosh. She literally, um, when she was ending like kindergarten last year, she's standing next to one of her friends and she's like, they're, they're playing, like the friend's braiding her hair and she's pulling on her friend's hair and she's like, they're like, 
both saying like, we wish our hair could be like each other's. And I'm like, that's just not possible. But that's not what I said. I was like, maybe someday. Like, I don't know what do you think in that situation. But it was so cute because like my children, I don't want to say my children don't see color because that would be stupid. Mm. Obviously they, they do, but mm-hmm. they don't identify their friends by their color. Mm-hmm. Um, if you ask them about the friend that they're talking about, it'd be the girl with the pretty pink dress, mm-hmm. or, you know, my friend with the puffy hair or my friend with the beads in her hair or my mm-hmm. friend, you know, the one that came up and hugged your leg mom. Mm-hmm. That's what they say. Mm-hmm. I, and the reason my children are like that is because they were brought up in a diverse area and a household that doesn't talk like we don't identify people as color either, um, which took me a lot of practice because that's how I was brought up. Mm-hmm. And I love it because mm-hmm. they don't care. They just yeah. don't care. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is their friends. Like and it's amazing to see it. It makes me like tear up a little bit because like I wasn't brought up that way and I'll never know what that's like. I'll never know what it's like to have that mindset because I have to get rid of like, 30 years of mm-hmm. this. Um, mm-hmm. They were brought up that way. So they just really don't care. Right. <laughs> right. They're just so cute. And like at that age, they're so innocent where we could even talk about. So we're watching Ellen and she was doing her um, show, like her episode about how she came out on TV 20 years ago. And we're watching it together. And so I talked to them about, you know, what gay means because they were curious and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. once were they like, <laughs> you oh that's so gross or why would you do that they just sat there and listened mm-hmm. and, and they didn't care because they're so young and so you know impressionable that they're willing to li- listen and if we as right. adults could just do that <laughs> this world would be a much better place <laughs> absolutely for sure and you know it's interesting that term um colorblind because I mean I like how you said that they notice it but that's not how they identify people I think people mean well sometimes when they say that they are colorblind but what I hear and at least some of my friends hear when they hear people say that is that that means that you haven't taken into account that I have a different culture or that um I you know, not necessarily that I look different, but that we, we're the same, but there are differences. That means that you haven't acknowledged that. Now, whether or not that's a good or bad thing, I guess it depends on the context, but particularly in businesses, when they say that they're colorblind, that says to me that you haven't put in place things that are protecting all of your customers. Instead, you're just thinking that everyone, you know, I hate to use the term whitewashed because that's not probably what they're meaning, but just kind of use, everyone is like using with a broad stroke. And that's maybe not the way that you want to want to deal with people. I remember there was this really cool website one time called Icy Color. I think it was by um, Michael Basden had it. Um, I I believe that was his site. I could be wrong. So, um, but it was a really cool website where people were there sharing their stories, um, African-American people, all kinds of people, because color, no matter what color is beautiful, it's not just, you know, African-Americans, it's white people, it's everybody. We are all beautiful in our own rights. And, um, just respecting that, that's all it is. We don't have to agree we don't have to like each other. We could be complete opposites, but we inhabit the same earth. And it's just a matter of just respect. That's all. I mean, it's to me so basic. 
and yet it's so hard for people to do it. And again, it's, it's frustrating. I agree. There's a difference between seeing color and mm-hmm. discriminating and treating people different because of their color. Mm-hmm. So none of us can go out in the world and pretend we don't see color. Like mm-hmm. that's a bullshit thing. Like if somebody's yeah. like, I don't see color. I'm like, sure you don't. Like <laughs> we all do. Okay. <laughs> we all do. But there's a difference between seeing that and not, and, and not treating somebody different because they look mm-hmm. different than us. Right. And seeing that and treating somebody different in like even the most basic or, you know, evasive way. You know, mm-hmm. if you're at all treating somebody different because they look different than you, then mm-hmm. that, that is a problem. Right. You know, or if you're posting things because you feel like, um, you're different, like I, I am white, so I'm allowed to say these things. No, mm-hmm. no, I don't think so. No, that's mm-hmm. not how that works. Um, <laughs> so, you know, that's what the thing I've learned since living here, I've lived here almost seven years now, um, is over the time living here is not judging people because of their color, um, right. which when I first got here was an automatic response because that's how I was raised. Mm-hmm. Now, like seven years later, I have friends of all different backgrounds, mm-hmm. all different races. It's a beautiful thing. Like it right. is wonderful. I would not have some of the experiences that I've had since moving down here if I was living up where I'm from, if I maintain that mindset, if I didn't decide to change and open my mind a little bit, hell, I wouldn't be co-authoring this book if I was right. like that. <laughs> so like it to me is I really just wanted to make this, this podcast episode and the one with Sybil because I want people to open their minds a little bit. I don't want, I don't, it's not to bash people, white people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm a white person. I'm not here to bash that. What I'm trying to say is people need to open their minds a little bit and see it's okay. It's okay if you see somebody's color because it's a natural response. We all do it, but it's right. not okay to judge or discriminate or in any way, shape or form, treat somebody differently because they are a different color than you. Right. And, you know, and not just open, you know, open their minds and open their hearts Um, because when a person of color feels pain by something that you may or may not understand, um, there's a trigger there. There's something that's happening that has triggered a feeling and just having, you know, a little bit of empathy, um, just some patience. It doesn't mean that whatever it is they're feeling is a slight on you or a slight on white people or a slight on the world, but just acknowledging that there has been something that has triggered a pain. And it, you know, it color aside, just put yourself in your own body when you are triggered, you know, think about when you're triggered, you know, by something as a white person and just think about how it makes you feel. It's the same thing. It's just a different aspect because it's got that element of color to it. So it's not personal. I also have friends of all different backgrounds and I learn a lot. Um, and, and it's interesting because, you know, quite honestly, most of my friends are white. That's not on purpose. It's just, it is the way that it is. <laughs> but it's kind of like, you know, they enrich me by teaching me about their culture and I enrich them by teaching them about mine. 
And my best friend, she will get more angry about something that she feels has been a racial slight more so than I do. And I love her for that because she is, you know, she's so aware. But yeah, people could just open their, open their minds and open their hearts. Like, again, we, it's just humanity. Humanity is a beautiful thing. And I don't want to get off subject, but I want to, I want to point this out because I think, you know, when I just, you know, you see the pictures in Charlottesville and you see the horrific act that happened there, but through that pain came a coming together of everyone, all mm -hmm. different races, all different colors, all different, you know, everyone came together. You see a, um, a, you know, a weather event happening with Hurricane Harvey, and then you see humanity coming out and showing themselves in all different colors coming together. It's just humanity. That's all it's supposed to be. And just, can we just, you know, love each other? And I'm getting so hokey because I'm so a we are the world girl. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's right there with you. I'm like, can we all hold hands and sing Kumbaya? Yes. Because that'd be great. <laughs> it really would because, you know, there's always a common ground when people just stop with all the nonsense and just talk to each other as people, there will be something that is shared. There will be something that they have in common. It always, always happens, but we never get to that point because we're judging on color. Yes. Oh, mic drop. I think that's where a good point to end the podcast on. Let's go there. I'm like looking at the time and I could literally talk to you okay. for like three hours on this. Uh, but this has been, Reese. this has been the most amazing conversation. And I want to thank you so much for having it on such a public platform with me. Um, and it's been enlightening for me because like I said, I will never understand because I'm not there, but I do my very best to be kind and open-minded and um, be aware of my past judgments that sometimes pop up where I'd be like, check myself and be like, no girl, we are not that person anymore. Like we right. don't think like that anymore. Um, and maybe there's people out there and listening and they're like, wow, I have those same mindsets. Like I have that same mindset and I don't know how to get rid of myself of it. And, and really what I've learned is immerse yourself, immerse mm -hmm. yourself, mm -hmm. you know, be around other people and talk to them and hear their stories and be open-minded. And when you hear your little voice speak up and say something that's not so awesome, check it at the door. Be like, we are mm -hmm. not that person anymore. Right. Because Absolutely. It, it happens. Absolutely. If, if there's one thing that you would like <laughs> to leave. Great. <laughs> yes. Let's all be kind and love each other. Like it would just, there's one thing that you could leave everybody with. What would you want to leave them with? Oh, wow. Oh, another loaded question. Um, <laughs> I'm good. I'm good at this. This is what I do. <laughs> um, I think I will just, you know, reiterate what I said earlier is that, um, we are better as a world when we come together and we all have shared experiences that if we could just get past the color and get past the judgment, we will see that we are just human beings trying to do the best that we can in this world and to judge someone on color and not getting to the heart of who a person is is, is just one of the worst things that we can do. 
So just open your minds and open your hearts to each other. And I think that we'll all be enriched by it. I love that. And that's like, I realized editing this podcast, I say that a lot. I love that. But I get so excited because I have such amazing guests on and I want to encourage everybody to follow Reese. Um, I'll link up all of her links in the show notes over on inspiredwomenpodcast.com. And Reese, thank you again from the bottom of my heart for coming on this podcast and having this conversation. Yeah, I, I totally appreciate it. <laughs> well, I love you. And um, thank you again for coming on. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the Inspire Women podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, share this out with your friends and family, and join us in the Inspire Women community on Facebook. I'll catch you next week.